the Nobody's Famous Podcast. All right, guys, and we are back again on the Nobody's Famous Podcast. We have an amazing, amazing guest with us today through whatever way we ended up meeting with each other. To We haven't actually met in person, but through whatever way we're here now making this uh, show happen with another fellow podcaster, by the way, the first of its kind on the Nobody's Famous Podcast, with the one and only Shireen from Spark with Shireen. How are you? I'm doing great. What a wonderful intro. You've made my evening. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad to hear that. And I'll make your evening even more by saying you have a very... Uh, okay, so I've done this once before in the show. Uh, I've told this to some people. But you have a laugh that when you laugh, you, re- you really feel that it's genuine, that you are laughing at a joke or you're laughing at something. So you have one of those. You have one of those laughs, which is great. So it doesn't sound like a fake laugh unless you're Thank very good you. at that. Thank you. That sounds very kind. <laughs> People generally say I'm pretty smiley. So even if I'm not laughing at something, half the time when I talk, I follow it up with a ha 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 or <laughs> something That's of good. the sort. Yeah. It's either you're very good at <laughs> fake laughing. There we go. See, it's awesome. So, so actually, let me tell you what I do in the workplace. And my colleagues spotted this, not me. So apparently I'm super bossy. Mm-hmm. And they say, Shireen, you think you can get away with bossing people around because once you make a command, you follow it up with a ha ha ha, thinking it's cute and people then just do it for you. Awesome. Awesome. That <laughs> so is an amazing thing that does come in handy. <laughs> that's an amazing tip. I think so. So for anyone who's listening. For I think girls. I don't yeah. know if guys can pull that off. Uh, maybe we should we should guys should try it so should try it maybe that's that's uh, that has a bit make it work that way but but awesome like you have an amazing laugh either you're really good at fake laughing okay or it's just it's a genuine laugh so you you know when somebody's making a joke and then you laugh it really gives you know like the person feels they put you know that that was a, well yeah, thank was a you good joke. let's assume it's the latter <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure um Okay, I want to start this off by by reading about you in the third person what you what you wrote to me. Okay, I just want to read what you wrote to me because I, you know, what you wrote was very well written. I really like the first part of what you wrote, uh, and you said, "Okay, Shireen is very passionate about fostering startup ecosystems and empowering entrepreneurship education. She believes that technology has the power to transform and improve people's lives, and entrepreneurs will make that happen." Uh, there's a lot happening in this, in these two sentences. There's a lot, a lot that's happening, and um, I want to start by asking my first question for you: is is to first, first of all, please forgive me when I ask questions about accelerators because I used to be really into this industry and I was like really into startups and stuff, but. It's that's not me anymore. Like I'm, I'm kind of I like tech a lot, so I'm really into tech. And I but I don't keep up with startup news. But um, let's if start you by. Spark with Shireen, you'll be up to date with oh, startup yeah. news. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I do, and I do. <laughs> There's the plug. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask you, like <clears throat> this this belief that you have. So there's two questions. The first one is this belief that you have. Um, about that the technology has the power to transform and improve. 
where you do you, where you get that from? Is it from your experience, or is this is an innate feeling that you that you kind of live by? Hmm, you've caught me in a position because though I believe it, I do, I do think people can also live happy, fulfilling lives without technology if they're, let's say, ignorant of the fact that it's there. See, if I kind of was to build a pyramid of needs, I would put wellness and health and fitness way, way, way more, let's say, uh, I would give them more importance than one's exposure to technology. But given that I work with tech startups, I see how they can help improve people's lives. So though I wouldn't rank it as the most important thing someone needs to have exposure to to live a good life, it definitely is a nice to have that if you have access to, the return is exponentially more. I think it's a very fine line that we tread here. And and I tell you on the show, we're no, no shy of asking like, you know, some tough questions, but I understand what you meant by saying like, there's, you know, between you're kind of like in between the two, because um, there's that general notion that people say oh, technology is, it's amazing. It's going to get us to where we need to be and imagine how the world was before. Can you imagine a world without phones, a world without the internet, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, where technology is supposed to bring us closer together. It really just makes us hate each other more or drift us apart and, and really creates spaces for people to, to add this, you know, a lot of misinformation, which is the opposite and a lot of bad things. So, so. Oh, I absolutely agree with you there. In fact, I think with anything in the world, self-discipline is the key to making sure one utilizes what they're exposed to well. Let's take food. And by the way, I'm obsessed with food and fitness and health, and I'm going to keep awesome. referencing awesome. these, these because, types of examples. Yeah, because I love food. <laughs> I'm not into fitness, but I love food. So, <laughs> so we'll see. All right, food. So well-grown, organic, free-range, natural food is very good for the human body. Processed food is not. Very similar with technology. Technology that is consumed mindfully in moderate doses can very much help improve someone's life. Whereas if you overdo it, like you may overdo, let's say, on processed food, that's when you tread that line and it actually starts to harm you. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's, I think more so with food, balance is important um, because, of, because what you put in your body is, is you. That's, <laughs> you are what mm. you eat and whatever you put in your body, it's, you only have one body. So if you get rid of that, um, th- that's it. And, and I think with, with technology, you know, the other side of it is it's so easy to get caught up in this whole, like I saw the other day, I was watching something about the doom scrolling and, uh, you know, going into like all these different things and, and, and being so attached to, I mean, see, it's weird for me to say that because I'm a geek and like technology has always been a part of my life. Like I, you know, I, I grew up in the age of the internet. So the keyboard is like supernatural for me. So for me, it's very hard to kind of, play the, the other side and say, you know, not too much. I mean, that's technically my life. You know, I'm a, I'm a geek, I'm a gamer. I, you know, I've, um, 
I spend a lot of time on my computer. I use technology in, you know, to, to make my life a bit easier. So it's hard for me to say, um, be completely minimal and just, you know, shut everything off. But that's, that's, I think what people should do, if not completely, but every once in a while. Hmm. The kind of technology that I specifically think really makes a difference is healthcare. So when I was, I think, either 17 or 18, I had my appendix removed. And I remember thinking, if it wasn't for modern day technology, and mind you, it's not the most advanced of tech. We're talking like equipment, a doctor Mm -hmm. needs to perform an operation. If these tools weren't available, I would have died. I would have died, you know, having not surpassed my teenage years. Um, so at bare minimum, I think that there's benefit that technology brings to the world. Where I think technology is treading rough waters is when it comes to consumer exposure of things like so- social media. Um, so you know that actually a lot of research is put into developing your phone to make sure that it's addictive and that you don't put it down. Even the simple, um, what's the word when, when your phone buzzes and makes a noise? Yeah, the vibration, the vibration, the vibration, the notes, all that is meant to actually get you hooked and addicted just today, actually. I was getting message after message after message. And though my phone's on silent, it was vibrating and buzzing. And instead of succumbing to my reward mechanism where I just pick up my phone, mm-hmm. I've actually conditioned myself to see it as a stressor. So I don't look at my phone all day. I look at it a few times in the day. And when I notice it buzzing a little bit too much, I'll actually go put it on the other side of the room. So that's what I did today. My phone just happened to be vibrating a little bit too much. And I was like, nope, this is not healthy for me. And I went and I put it in my, in my purse in the corner of my office. Well, that's, I think that's a very good thing that you do because you are quite disciplined. And I think it's very good advice for, for people. Like for me, um, with work, it's kind of difficult for me not to. And even in normal days, especially even with the lockdown now, it's, it's difficult for people to kind of, you know, um, get away from that because they either you're at home more than more than often and social media or especially like your phone is the gateway to the outside world like unfortunately it's the phone for me i'm a bit more old school i'll get lost in you know in my computer and you know i'll i'll be there and i'll be focusing on one thing while still double screening with my phone and triple screening netflix for example right so it's 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 very much you know that's so stimulating to your mind I mean, One thing at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, like it's a multitask thing, maybe, but but it's it's for very much. I'm very much into, let's say, the one thing, which is the PC. But you, you, what you you raise a very important point, and it's discipline, and it's difficult. It's difficult for people to do. You have you. You have know, a- Ali wears one of my favorite places in the world, the gym, and that's because when you're working out, like doing a real workout, not you know, faffing around. In a real workout, you are not focused on anything but the workout. Mm-hmm. Nothing in the world matters but finishing that workout. And it is the most liberating thing to have only one thing to worry about in the next half an hour. Oh, yeah. Phones away, worries aside, you know, 
Awesome. And, and, and it's you know the what? best stress reliever and to it is, me. <laughs> it is. It is. You're absolutely right. I completely agree. For me, it's a show like this. You know, for me, I am currently like focusing just on the show. And for well, me, thank you for focusing. Yeah, it's like, I'll be double screening right now. You know, it's like, <laughs> definitely, I would never do that. It's, 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 it's like, while I have like, you know, you'd be surprised. So I have moderated a few virtual events uh, in the last few months where the event, the conference organizers will tell me, okay, have your phone next to you. We're going to text you updates or, you know, they'll like okay. send updates in, in, in the chat in Zoom. And I don't like that because I don't want to have my phone open in front of me. I want to engage in the conversation, particularly if you're moderating. You can't zone out. There's no room for error. No way. You, you need to be with the guests. But people don't understand that. It's, it's look, again, it's like you said, there's, there's a very much on the other side, it's like, oh, we have this amazing tech, we have this way of communicating, let's use it to the max, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the other side where it's like, you can separate between, you know, this, is, this tech is for this time, and then when I am <laughs> using tech or something, I, I don't have to be, you know, like focusing on all these other things. And it's, it's just a way of, you know, like for me, I'm doing the show with you now, that's the thing that I'm focusing on. I'm okay. I have a screen in front of me. Maybe I want to check something. I might be interested in asking you, but at the same time, like the whole day is like, don't forget you have a show at eight. You have a show at eight. You have a show at nine. Nine thirty. Nine thirty. Yeah, I thought it was at nine. I thought it was at nine. I mixed well, up. you got eight, then nine, then like thirty. No, I, I actually had a show at at eight thirty. Oh, okay, okay. Then when I saw it, I was like, it's at eight thirty. And then I looked. I told the guys, let's do it at eight. Then when you told me 9.30, I was like, no wonder I made that one at 8.30 because it was supposed to be an hour apart. So I was like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Look at you me, busy, be chatting so to busy. people. So busy. <laughs> um, so for me, like, I, I completely agree with you that really, um, really, you should, you know, whether, whatever it is you're doing, definitely, you know, focus on it. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm jealous that, you know, you can... You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a very big gym guy. And we had one show we were talking about it and I asked that person to convince me to go to the gym. And I'm not a very big, like, I don't mind, like, uh, you know, football is for me more than going to the gym, lifting weights, stuff like that. I like to be active. Oh, as long as you stay busy, like, active, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, So Everyone so, has their thing. Yeah, definitely. I want to get Just into- don't be a couch potato. I, I don't get how people sit on their couch and watch Netflix all night. I'm- what a waste of time to me, to me at least. Is that Many, what you do, Ali? Uh, clamor, clamoring. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it depends. It depends. For me, it's it's not sitting on the couch, but I'm probably on my computer. You know, I'm probably on my computer mm. getting lost in a world either. Get a standing desk. Yeah, I, I should do that. Actually, I should do that. It's definitely much better. Um, and I want to get into your, you know, your your love for the gym. And I'm so glad that we have no short answers right off the bat. <laughs> that we just started talking about. It's like I'm a conversationalist. Awesome. Yeah, but wait, you said you were gonna pick on something else in my intro. I was. Yeah, you said I want to highlight two things. Oh yeah, two things. So this is the second thing. Yeah. Because you just took see, I'm paying it. attention yeah, too. Yeah, see, it. not even the not even the host. The host is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> the host has gone on a tangent. No, I mean, it's it's <laughs> what. 
<laughs> it's it's because uh, like you really like you you really opened a very nice topic and i really wanted to you know we can speak for hours on it so that's why i got super into it and it reminds me of the days in university when we used to be in the dorm we used to sit with i used to sit with my dorm mates we used to talk about philosophy we used to talk about uh, technology we used to talk about society all these different things and and i felt like at that time was the time where my you know you just mentioned the conversation list i i think that's where I had the beginnings of something like that. You know, I'm not there yet mm. of being the true um, conversationalist, you know, but there's, you know, those were the beginnings at that time. Um, so the second thing I wanted to highlight and ask you is what got you into this field of, of, of like uh, being around accelerators, start, uh, accelerator programs and startups? Let me try to give you the short answer because usually the, I go on a tangent when people ask me that. So I've always been entrepreneurial. I've tried to launch several businesses. One of them I actually launched, uh, but it tanked miserably. Therefore, though I still had this entrepreneurial spirit, all of a sudden I became very risk averse because I had wasted time, money, all that stuff. So how I ended where I am was because I wanted to be around entrepreneurs, but not be an entrepreneur myself. Mm. So to kind of uh, leverage the high of risk takers whilst having a comfortable, stable job with the government at the end of the day. But that being said, the company that I work for is a startup. Though it's backed by the government, so there are no like cash flow issues and stuff like that. We are a small team of four ladies uh, the company's three years old. I joined two and a half years in, and we've managed to make the business prof- the business profitable. So that alone um, kind of scratches my entrepreneurial itch. So that, but nevertheless, this was kind of how I mm-hmm. progressed into working with tech startups. I think that's uh, I think that's awesome. I think it's a nice uh, happy medium or balance between those types of things. I mean. If, if if I were to to tell you how I would feel, so for example, like I'm I'm so much into gaming, and then when I, or or even like yeah, I'm I really like into gaming. I like you know that world, and I like being part of you know the the creations of it. And then you know when I started watching esports and I started checking all of that, I started realizing like these guys are playing from very young age, and you know 26 is the maximum. You know 26, and you can't be a gamer anymore. Uh, you can't be in professional esports. So for me, I'm like. You know, I, I was like, I can't even be in that uh, that position. So, well, I never say to, can't. No, no, I, 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 true, true, <laughs> true. I, I don't have the mentality, but, but you're right. But for me, I was like saying, even like how you thought of it is, I could always manage a team. You know, I could manage a team and and share my insight and and be close to them and and uh, you know work with those type of people. That's kind of something that I would, you know, a way to also scratch that kind of itch. So, so I think. You know, and, and by the way, your story. So why actually, don't you do that? I mean, it's it's um, it's kind of something I talked about now on the fly. I actually never said it before, <laughs> but um, it's it's uh, I don't know. It's just time, and I always have time as the issue, you know. So so now at least mm-hmm. the focus is on on the podcast, and I'm I'm being able to break the excuse of I don't have time. So I'm being able to still do shows. And juggling other things at the same time so and i think that's okay i think that's fine you know as long as it's happening 
if I wasn't doing any shows, I wasn't doing anything, then I would say, you know, it's, it's not good. But I've been able to, I think good, again, going back to the focus part, I think it's good to, you know, focus on, on one really, you know, passionate side project at a time. Although my other kind of like, I want to say side project, but my other passion is voiceover. And I found that out very late. I was always looking for something outside of me, you know, like, like with esports, I was always looking for, okay, I can manage that team. But then I didn't realize that actually uh, with voiceover, uh, that was in me. I don't need anyone else. It's within me. The voice is here. It's the one and the only coming to a, th- a cinema near you, you know? So it was, it was just, <laughs> and I started doing all that stuff and it became, you know, this was the thing. So um, you are right. Can't is not the right attitude, uh, definitely. And, 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 and going back to what you said, how you explained yourself, I would beg to differ and say that you are, uh, still an entrepreneur. You're not scratching an itch. You are an entrepreneur. Firstly, I actually had another question that was coming up, but, but now that you've mentioned this, because I didn't realize that that's how you started with them, but because it's a startup and you, you, you said it yourself, you guys turned the company around to make it profitable. You are in fact, one of the entrepreneurs of that company in my honest opinion. I'd call myself an intrapreneur. Uh, meaning that I don't op- operate my own venture, but I'm tasked to be entrepreneurial within my existing employment framework. That's correct. But you did start a business. And I think that's enough uh, to qualify as someone uh, who can be classified as an entrepreneur. You know, you know that the struggle, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the, the toughness, the, the decisions that you have to make. Late and nights. You, Unhealthy late nights. Late nights. Exactly. Unhealthy late nights and the day that passes by and you didn't go to the gym and then you hate yourself. You oh, know? And, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know what you mean. And, and definitely you, you'll be in that position, you know, you'll be that position. And you have tasted, tasted the, the uh, you have tasted defeat. You have tasted failure. The best thing you can ever taste, honestly, the best lesson that you could ever learn is failure. And, and, and the reason I say that is... Uh, you know, I, I never opened a business, nothing. I had never done anything before, kind of like I could say call my own, like like the podcast. And I had never done anything like that before I went to I went to do a master in Madrid. I went and that university didn't teach us how to succeed. They taught us how to fail. A very interesting mm. take on things is like be comfortable with failing. Yeah, mm. it's be comfortable with failing. It's fine if you fail. There's nothing wrong with that. And so on I, that note, can I, yeah, can I say something ahead. interesting I heard yesterday? So one of my favorite podcasts is a show called How I Built This. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't heard of it. Okay, so it's a show that covers stories of entrepreneurs. Now, the host of that show was on the Tim Ferriss show, and I was actually listening to him. His name is Guy Raz on the Tim Ferriss show. Tim Ferriss asked him, what is the single trait that is most common across the hundreds of people you've interviewed for your show. And he said, being comfortable with hearing no. So in essence, like a little mini failure. Mm-hmm. And then he reflected that actually a lot of founders that he's interviewed used to be salespeople in some capacity. So in sales, you're taught to go door to door and whether someone says yes or no, to not let that defeat you, you continue selling. So yes, I absolutely agree with you. 
Um, it doesn't need to be the end of your business, but even hearing no from clients, investors, customers, internal team members is what a founder will need to go through to make his or her business successful. Correct. Uh, it is, it I is hear that. no at, in my job as well. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Because you're even you more in it than me, uh, you know, because that's 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 all what your job is. You will be saying no to people, which you also have to be comfortable with. And uh, great, great entrepreneurs always hire people smarter than them. And those people smarter than them are going to say no. So imagine mm-hmm. that. Imagine your own colleagues, the people you built the company with coming and telling you no. So I definitely completely agree with you. Um, and, and I think that's, these are great lessons. I think I hope, you know, anyone who's listening can always take these things and keep them in mind. It's just, you're going to, you're going to fail and it's super normal. And once you normalize the concept of failure and you accept that fact that it's going to happen, success teaches you nothing. If you, if you succeed in the first business around, great, you made it, you're lucky. But what if, what if something happens, you might come crashing down? It's, it happens. It happens. Some people are lucky and it is, you know, it is what it is, but this is the nature of, of this type of world that we live in. Um, and, 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 and staying on that topic, I had this question for you, which says, what stimulates you about start about helping startups? What is, what is the, what is the spark within Shireen? Interesting question. See the pun that I did there? I actually... Uh, I, oh, no, I, I, I saw the pun. It was not planned. It was not planned. I swear to God, this was not planned for anyone listening. By I the way, um, so when I was thinking of names for my podcast, I actually thought of Spark because it resonated with Bright Minds, ideas. Mm-hmm. You know when an idea sparks to mind? I think that actually that's what motivates me in my job is helping founders who really, really, really strongly believe in their business out in some way. Now, the fact is, and it's actually a bit of a sad fact, most of these founders don't make it. So I've become very, very jaded when I hear a startup pitch his or her idea because everyone thinks that they have an amazing opportunity they're going after and that their business model is so innovative and different. And yeah, some of them are, some of them aren't, but even of the ones who are, they, they stumble upon roadblocks around the way that stop them from growing further. And even though I know that with a lot of my startups, I nevertheless want to help them, the founders as individuals because they believe in their ideas so greatly that I think, okay, well, if I can help you in some way, um, then I'm doing some kind of good. And that's also why sometimes in my job, um, so it's not always the founders themselves who come into contact with me, especially with larger international firms who are looking to expand into the Middle East. They'll get like a marketing person or a salesperson to contact me. I become less, let's say, emotionally attached to those to the non-founders who reach out to me. And I always find myself wanting to help the founders themselves more. So if you partake in one of my programs and the founder is here, you get like extra little brownie points and exposure and, you know, time from me and things like that. I think that goes with the fact that you as a person, you are like an approachable person. You have that humanistic side to you. You see, you have been in that position yourself. Don't forget, you've been in that position yourself so you can empathize. But at the same time, you have that, um, 
you have that human you know you have a human feel you're not just a vc or you're just not like a a company looking at a bunch of young kids and saying yeah you know I'll, i won't tell you the answer but you know figure it out and then when you find the answer you found it type of thing. i love that you think i have a human feel given that we've only met virtually <laughs> so hey. my virtual persona is very hey. approachable apparently if there is one thing i can i can feel these things you know you can feel these things there is i'm sure you have a barrier that you put that's definitely there i know that i can i can feel that but the fact that you're saying that you want to help the founders it's just part of it's part of your it's it's part of the drive first of all you wouldn't have started a podcast if you don't have that to be honest because to be to be in a podcast is to simply be human you're you're spending time with humans mm-hmm. speaking to them and and asking them questions and learning and trying to get you know as a conversationalist you need to get things out from that person you can't do that if you're just somebody who's uninterested in somebody else who's a human like it doesn't work if you if you know you're doing a show and you're just talking about yourself or you're talking about things that works but again you need to have the other step in like you need to speak to people so that's true so i know even as a person i value my human relationships a lot especially my friends and family um they would be let's say the center point around which my day revolves yeah well, i think that's great because this is you always need uh the place to vent the you know the place to talk about the you know the achievements to people to be on the same level as you you need to have the safe space that you can go because you probably don't want to go and speak to these types of things with the founders or the people although you might feel close to them i mean there's things maybe that they don't need to know and 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 definitely there was a point that i wanted to touch on what you said earlier is about you know like the founders what they're going through and stuff like that and the end i think what's important to remember is that the fact that you want to help them as individuals as people even though you know that the business might not be going anywhere this is there's something that i heard very very recently on you know the founder uh, account um, on instagram mm-hmm. um they have some very nice uh, quotes and people have saying things there was one thing that somebody um, really struck a very nice uh, point he said which is something contrary to you know um, maybe what you hear from Gary Vaynerchuk or these other types of people saying like you need which is true you have to work hard you you know you're in your 20s go at it you know just work work really hard spend those late nights get really tired but this guy he said something so important he said in the end a business is a business right it's an entity it will it will might die out and you know it might just whatever it'll die out but you are the person you are the you know you are a living breathing human being the business is nothing without you so take care of yourself first and then take care of the business not second but just have that it's balance. like on a plane when the oxygen mask comes on they always say or they instruct you to put your mask on first before helping others I think this is this is a topic like we why could Have spend... you seen Fight Club and have you seen the the, the uh, CIA? <laughs> That's also what I think every time they they it's, you know instruct that on the plane. It's crazy. I think it's just it's more like it's more like you know we always I mean there's a you know there's a you know there's people who really care about others and they put they always put others first before themselves. And uh, it's very much also part of my personality, which is not right, by the way. I'm not advocating for that. But what I mean is, 
take care of your, I'm not saying don't care, take care of anybody else, you know, take, you know, be respectful of others, but also just don't forget to really, you know, um, really care about who you are as a person, how you react to things, how you act and how you just take care of your body. I mean, you, you are somebody who goes, you know, you value the gym, right? So you already have that, that mentality on lockdown. You understand that concept. And I think it's very important for entrepreneurs as well, because you can't burn out, right? If you burn out, you're going to make a mistake somewhere. Um, Everybody can't burn out. You need to be on your toes all the time. And it's a tough world, as you said. Not many make it. And you need to always be, I don't know how they do it, but you need to always be on, on your toes. And you're going and you're pitching and you're asking somebody for money. Like you can't go there and you've spent like 24 hours not sleeping, right? You need to be ready, willing, and able to answer any type of question that these people throw at you, whether, I mean, not angel investors, but if there's an investor willing to give you their hard-earned money, you need to give them a reason for it. And I think it's very important to remember that you can't burn out. And if you burn out, mm. you'll make a mistake along the way. So, but I'm glad that you, you know, you brought, brought up this, this topic because it really opens that, you know, that this, um, that side of you, which, which I think is very important. So that that's, you in a, in a way the non-hardcore like, gym yeah, side of me yeah deadlifts. <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's great i deadlifted 75 kilos this weekend awesome awesome uh, that's amazing i think that's uh, but i that, squat that, more i squat okay. 80 kilos awesome this isn't a one rep max this is like a like a strength building thing but nice. um that's amazing see the baby steps you know baby steps <laughs> fyi fya ali fya <laughs> you next but I think you are, you know, Shireen is finding the spark in others. And I think that's an amazing way to kind of sum that question up. I like that. I'm going to quote you. <laughs> that's, hey, that's wonderful. That one's, that one's for free. You know, that one's free. <laughs> Done. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> that was for free. No royalties. Um, no royalties. Um, okay. Uh, I think you kind of answered this one. We'll gloss over it quickly. But um, you've already become an entrepreneur yourself whether you agree or not, by starting your own podcast. Don't you agree with that? Until I monetize my podcast, um, if I ever do, I wouldn't call it a business because it doesn't have a P&L, which is kind of the pulse of a business, I would say, the bloodline. So until I monetize it, I consider it to be a hobby. Okay. I mean, see where I, 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 I agree and I disagree a little bit because, uh, you know, I, you know, and, and actually this is okay. This is okay. I'm going to hit you hard with this one because, because, <laughs> okay. you know, the way that I think you found out, I mean, when you followed us or I found out about you was through our common friend, Masa. Okay. And what's interesting was that when we were having that conversation, she was like, oh, you know, you should interview Shireen. You know, she's pretty intense though, but you should interview Shireen. <laughs> yeah, I love the laugh. It's perfect. It's perfect. I used to be her client, by the way. That's okay, why uh, she thinks I'm intense. Okay. So uh, maybe she meant it like as a person, you know, like you have a lot of, you know, ambitions, which is great. I mean, uh, there's this whole thing now that uh, people take being intense as like a, what, well, like an insult. It's not an insult. It's just, it's you, you are who you are. You know, there is, people are at different levels and that's super normal. Anyway, I wasn't talking about that, but she was like, <laughs> she was like, uh, yeah, you should interview Shireen and um, she's doing that, whatever. And we were talking also about like, um, 
she was telling me about herself. She was like, yeah, I want to start my own thing. And, and uh, you, know, she, you know, she's working with startups, but she feels like she wants to start her own thing. I said, yeah, but you know, you'll get there. It's just, you know, you have the experience, you have the, the know-how, you've been around these people. And I was kind of resonating with her and telling her, I mean, it's the same even with me. Like, I want to start my own thing. When I was saying that, she said, no, but you have your podcast. You, so, you, you started something. And then that made me realize that, okay, maybe I don't have to monetize it. It's not, there is, that's a requirement. And, and definitely it will be better because it can, I can sustain it and all that kind of stuff. But, but she kind of lit that bulb in me saying, no, it, it is, you know, like I, it's taking up my time. I'm working on it. There's a team, you know, there's designs, there's shows. There's oh, all of that course. Kind of stuff. I that's mean, what I'm saying. You shouldn't think the same. You should, you should say so. No, but you're choosing to not monetize it. Or at least for me, I'm choosing to not monetize it yet because I want to kind of hone in my craft. I'm seeing it more as a creative outlet. But it's not a business yet. Yes. I can't call it a business until I have revenue coming in, not just expenses going out. Correct. I mean, in in, in a formal business jargon, and, and I'm very much for bending the rules, in that, in that world, yes, maybe that's the case. But I would beg to differ and say, you are an entrepreneur. I would beg to say. Well, I will take the compliment. Thank you. She's just like <laughs> sitting and just, she's just taking three quotes, compliments. Yalla. Bring more. Bring more. Hey, you, 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 you're giving them out. <laughs> hey, uh, that's what we do on the show. You know, it's just, it's, it's, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> but okay. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's hit you with a big one. What does it entail to operate the Middle East's largest fintech accelerator? Honestly, the support of the DIFC. So where I work is owned by the DIFC. And when I go to conferences and I say, oh, I, I, I work for the government of Dubai, people are like, oh my God, wow. Like... It sells itself, I really, really, really must say. And I think that if I was trying to run an accelerator for a local VC that was not as known internationally, my job would not be as easy as it is. I really, really don't sell hard. Now, I screen very carefully because I have a lot of incoming queries and, you know, expressions of interests. And that's where my real job is. But to answer your question, it's the credibility behind whoever is the owner of the program or the hub or, you know, whatever the accelerator framework really is. And, and do you think that um, your job or the where you are being in the IFC, being in Dubai, the, the fast kind of fast paced, especially with startups and all, do you feel that takes a lot out of you? Like, is it a demanding, demanding job? It's actually not fast-paced at all. It's quite slow. So though a startup will operate fast, the government doesn't operate fast. So I actually need to give everyone a reality check and say, guys, Middle East culture, chai culture, shui shui culture, Mm -hmm. you know, like I actually need to help them see that they need to remove their foot from the accelerator pedal a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. but 
but how do how do how do they take that because you know they're like they might be bleeding cash or they're like we have to launch at this stage how do you how do you let's say balance the emotion within that they or have like, to deal with it mm. they have oh, to deal simply with it. yeah simply so what i always tell them is keep the relationship going uh, the other thing i always recommend is set a recurring call or meeting it's it's i'm less likely to miss um giving you an update as my prospect client if the call or meeting is already in my calendar versus having to reach out every week mm-hmm. and rescheduling mm-hmm. and so on and so forth it's just the fact of doing business here compared to um more develop places from a startup capital point of view like silicon valley new york london singapore even okay i i think i think uh, like this this definite ba- balance i think it's very much needed i mean it's good sometimes to you know regroup and and have a look and maybe not jump too much maybe that's probably why in in those developed countries there's a i don't know how the failure rate is uh, again i'm deep i'm reaching into places which i have no clue but i would i would think that you know there it's it's um, it's probably uh, you know the way that i'm thinking is more fast paced just jump in and do it and you know like people just jump and it's just like you know it's a whole mess of different things and people make it don't make it so i think the balance of having somebody who's you know the drive the entrepreneurial drive but at the same time having the guidance of um you know very like light-footed guidance of you know take it take it yeah a little bit slower i think i I would say what the startups face more than speed of execution is the ability to be nimble and agile as uh, team members. So you may be um, an employee of a startup or a co-founder doing everything from finance to HR to admin to business development that you cannot get away from. And that is the same all across the world. As a startup, you need to be a small, nimble team. Now, the pace of execution differs from country, from industry. That is what varies. And that, I would say, regionally, is a little bit of a tortoise in the race. But hey, yeah, slow yeah. and steady sometimes wins the race. Of course. And uh, again, this is very well put, definitely. I think that's uh, it's a very good way to, to kind of sum that up because, again, I think the balance is, is very important. Uh, it's neither too fast, neither too slow. The balance between the two is I mean, the way that we go, I think, is great. Mm. Some people say things like regulation kill innovation. So people tell me this all the time because I work with startups in the finance field and finance is very heavily regulated. But I actually always beg to differ. I say, hey, listen, the laws are there to protect you. I'd rather they be there and my money be safe than give my money to a risky company that does not do their due diligence properly. And then maybe I lose my money one day. Um, So I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of going fast. I don't think that you need to scale incredibly to be a successful business. There are other ways you can be a successful business. 
Correct. Correct. I think this is also where probably entrepreneurs should look and to make the difference that, you know, it's not about only the revenue. It's not about the bottom line. But if honestly, if we're going to get into this topic and we're going to get into finance and regulation and degrees. Let's talk about the gym. Let's talk about the gym. Let's do that. I want to talk about the gym next. I honestly do. I honestly do. And I want to talk, I will have one question for you for the gym and then we'll go back to the podcasting. Then we'll jump into our, our uh, discussional topics. So, uh, all right. Yeah. So, so is working out, I think you already answered it, but let's probably ask you more directly. So is working out something you simply like to do outside of work or is it a passion or is it like, this is like, you know, you have your work maybe, and this is your way. This is, this is your Zen zone. I am, Shirin is now in the zone. I am now, this is me. I wouldn't say it's my Zen zone, nor would I call it a passion. But saying I like the gym is too light. I love the gym. I really, really, really love the gym. But I do go through phases in my life where gym is a priority and other phases where gym has fallen down my priority bracket. I wouldn't identify as someone who has gone to the gym for her entire life. Going back to the relationship part that we talk about, if I was to describe myself, I'd say, oh, someone who loves my friends and family and I, I love relationships and I hang out with them. Now, I also go to the gym. I happen to be talking a lot about it with you today because I'm in that phase where I go every day, like literally every day. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call it my Zen state because it's, it's actually a place that I find challenging. Zen state is like I don't know, me doing emails or hanging out with my friends and chilling. That is my, I'm relaxed and, you know, the gym is freaking challenging. Like I go there to die, like to kill myself and revive, (laughs) basically, if that makes sense. I don't call it Zen. No, because the reason I say that is some people like, because I'm just trying to contrast you, you know, like, because when I saw the, you sent me a picture, right? When I saw yeah, it. Yeah, but I was deadlifting, not doing you, yoga. True, <laughs> true. Picture. But no, but see, people would beg to differ. They would say like, you know, I'm, I'm in the zone when I am like lifting, uh, you know, whatever In the zone, but not Zen. But some people, they have this state of mind. They feel like they're in, you know, like harmony. And I just, I just felt like when you sent me that photo, I saw you were like, you were smiling. I'm smiling in that you're photo, smiling. yeah. <laughs> and she's like deadlift. If you, if you put me in that photo, okay, let's say, let's just take a step back. If I was in that photo lifting what you were lifting, I would like, I would be, I don't know. I would have the, the, the worst type of face, face. So look, I must ever. say though, and, I, and I'm not just saying this because I happened to send you a photo of me smiling doing deadlifts, but I didn't know someone was taking photos of me. That was my genuine expression. Well, you see, there you go. Because it looks like you were really posing and you were looking somewhere else. And now you're telling me it was, you're not helping your case. But I must say, I think that, okay, so that photo was taken in a competition. And I think the deadlift was the first part of the last workout. So it was, and actually from that same sequence of what I had to do, the last thing I had to do was rowing. If you see photos of me rowing, oh, Oh, I look like death. So I'm not smiling in those rowing photos. I just think, you know, I'm just, I'm just reacting to the photo. And I think that was, it really gave me this, it gave me this, because I looked at it and I formulated the question. I was like, damn, she loves the gym. You know, she's, she's. I do love the gym. You're like, like, it's like, I felt it's like your, your place, but, but yeah, I think. No, I, but I, I genuinely go there to challenge myself. Um, and if I feel Anything short of breathless, panting, about to faint, I feel like I did not gym hard enough. 
Like it was time not well spent commuting to and from the gym. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, you this know is why Masa says I'm intense. <laughs> <laughs> you know who to work out with, guys. That's uh, very much. By the so. way, on that note, I work out with my brother. So I go to the gym with him. Okay. Okay. And we work out together. And some of my favorite workouts to do are actually like partner wads. So when you have a teammate and you challenge and face each other. Because again, I love my relationships. I love the people in my life. I just want to kind of integrate them in the other hobbies that I have. That's great. Always, you should have always a gym buddy. It's definitely. It's, it's very much the, uh, the person to push you. And whether it's in a business or whether it's in the gym or whether it's cooking or whether it's biking, any type of activity, always a buddy is So speaking of cooking, cooking is what puts me in zen. Oh, when okay. I cook, my mind transports in this peaceful place. Yes, that is something I would say gives me zen. Fine. Okay. So we've identified it then. Great. Mm. <laughs> and I, this is uh, this definitely, um, uh, I, I think it's a very great outlet, honestly, to, to be able to cook and to be able to serve and to be able to give, you know, this effort that you put to somebody and then the, the joy of seeing them enjoy that food, I think is, is definitely, I mean, that's something that I would strive to. Like, I, I really like food and I would really like to cook. I think that's what I would aim for. I would aim for someone. That's what I like to see is like I do something, even when I like I do a barbecue or something, which is super normal. If I do that and I see somebody really like enjoying it, I'll say, yeah. Okay. So when am I invited to one of your barbecues? <laughs> um, anytime, anytime. I haven't done one in a long time, but anytime. Once you leave Abu Dhabi. <laughs> For sure. Once I leave the island. So this show, this show will air and I would have left the island. So this, is, this will be backdated. So, so definitely um, it will be there soon. Um, awesome. Okay. Uh, about the podcast. Why did you decide now after 10 years within your career to do 10 plus years of your career? Did you just feel like now is the right time to start this podcast? COVID. Man, I had oh. a lot of free time. And, <laughs> COVID made me do and, it. <laughs> and I'm not the kind of person who sits around and watches Netflix. Okay, no, so, so genuinely, I've, I've been consuming podcasts for the last nine years, I would say. Wow. I never had a desire to want to do it. But during lockdown, my consumption of podcasts went up dramatically. I was like just constantly going out for walks and listening to podcasts walks in areas I was allowed to walk in. And I remember at, during lockdown, Joe Rogan sold his show to Spotify, or rather Spotify acquired the rights to stream his shows exclusively on their platforms. And I thought, man, I love chatting to people and people think I'm a really good conversationalist. Why don't I chit chat and record it? And hey, since I have time, I can teach myself editing and you know, recording and learn the process and all that. So that's what made me want to go into podcasting. Now, the topic and why is the podcast about startups and tech and innovation, that's because it's what I do. And I realized that honestly, in the last two years, my LinkedIn has been bombarded. People, all kinds of people reach out to me. Just because they're curious, they want to know what I do. Um, either they're bankers and they want to know what startups are like or their startups and the founders just, you know, 
want five minutes for some advice, I started realizing, hey, people actually think that I'm an expert. And if I am, maybe they will tune in if I have a medium where I not necessarily share my own expertise, but use my conversational abilities to pull expertise out of experts mm. and present them in an easy to digest manner. Now, I must say, by the way, when I record an episode, I talk for an hour, but I crop the episode down to 15, 20 minutes without the intro and outro. And that's because I genuinely want it to be full of nuggets of information. So any kind, where, where your show actually wants to capture the human side and the chit chat and all that, I want to crop all that out in my show. Clearly, we're on two ends in, of the spectrum. <laughs> you tune in and it's like fact, 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 yeah. fact, you know? So that's, that's kind of what I'm striving yeah, for. It's a, it's, it's a style. Like there's, you know, there's people who need that. The people who need this, this, uh, this thing, you know, it's, it's, they, they need the, they're going to work maybe 20 minutes. They, maybe they have an interview they're going to do, or they have like a, something to present. They need that. It's definitely, they're not going to sit and listen to me ramble for an hour. Right. So about, about, uh, you know, doing a, you know, voiceover about like a, show or something it's you know it's, it's different for you you know it's very much this is the facts this is the hard facts and this is what you need to do and this is the hard truth and i think the hard truth is really good sells sells well well yes it, dep- it depends it depends i just depends I take on that what back. you're selling exactly <laughs> i take that back take take that back but you know i think it's great i mean it's great the way that you could you could you could do that so i think i think it's you know it's great it's awesome and um I want to ask you, um, I like for me, for example, in, in COVID, I, I taught myself how to edit. So, you know, I could help my, my uh, you know, my co-partner edit the videos and do all of that kind of stuff. At least it, it, it was something that was so intimidating for me to do. I would look at the video editing software and I go like, I can never do this. And I what could software never... did you learn to use? DaVinci Resolve. Okay. Know. Yeah. It's, I've it's... heard of it. But yeah, it's, it's not one of the more recommended ones, um, so I didn't look into it further. I mean, it's it's quite straightforward and it's free. Well, there is a free version and uh, which doesn't use all the cores apparently of your computer. Uh, thanks, Alex, for pointing that out. But basically, I mean, it's it's uh, it was something that I could use, and I saw him use it, and it was it, the interface is basically the same, right? But in the end, it's like whether you're Mac or PC, or you're gonna get around to using it, and and like I'm kind of you know I know Mac a bit and I know PC a bit, but whatever, the, you know, I I'm again going back to the first things we we're talking about, and I am a tech person, so I can get around to it. My challenge was being able to formulate the basically formulate the vision in my mind of what the video should look like how do i piece it together do i put it put the you know the this behind do i put it after i wouldn't know how to cut and where to cut and i would get so confused that's why you use that software so i use adobe audition which is purely sound that's because my podcast is just an audio podcast that's why i'm unfamiliar with your tool oh okay yeah but i but the the amazing thing about davinci resolve is that it has a completely separate tab especially just for audio so everything is built within it yeah so you and it follows the natural process of you know editing you know you put your media in you start editing 
you know, you want to do touch-ups with the, you know, with the coloring, you want to do some effects and all that. And then you start to work on your audio and then you deliver it, you know? So it's, it has that natural process. And I like things to be like, don't teach me something that is seven steps later. Just tell me the beginning and I'll, <laughs> I'll just go, you know, here and there. And I think, you know, again, going to what you said, like COVID made me do it. It just, I removed the intimidation of it and that we just, you know, I just put myself in it and, you know, kind of did that. And, and, and I, I wanted to ask you, what are the challenges that you face as, as like a podcaster, like either starting out or what you're currently facing, all that kind of stuff? It's not so much about the podcast, but more about my time management. So I launched the podcast hoping it would be weekly simply because of the amount of time it's, it requires, it's ended up being bi-weekly. So every two weeks, that's because alongside the podcast, I have a full-time job. I'm undertaking a full-time master's. I go to the gym every day. <laughs> so Intense. there's a lot going on <laughs> intensely. And mind you, I do everything on the podcast. I do my own editing. I create the marketing collateral. I, you know, I'm the host. I do the recordings it's ended up being a full-time job and to be able to do it whilst main, you know, kind of taking care of myself and my own health and, you know, cooking, gymming, sleeping on time. I've had to come to terms with the fact that my release frequency is not what I think is optimal. And going back to your point earlier, where you asked me if this is a business or not, I, really think if I do want to make it a business one day, I need to be able to produce it weekly. So accepting the fact that I simply can't do it weekly is also me kind of accepting the fact that for now, this is more of a hobby than a business, True. which there's nothing wrong with it. It's just of kind course. of real, you know, realizing things. But um, if I were to challenge your point, because we have been through quite the same, me and Alex, um, I would like to say that don't always think, so for example, you're saying that weekly is the goal, right? Don't think that weekly means that then you're doing it the right way. Just remember that. And Alex told me a very important thing. He told me, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. And it makes so much sense because when I, when we first started doing the show and we started posting episodes it took a really long time for me to come to terms with the fact that I'm going to start recording shows and I wanted things to be perfect. And I wanted, you know, this to be this guest and this time, and it has to be weekly and all that along the way, it's going to be difficult. Don't let weekly be your, your target. If it's bi-weekly, it's bi-weekly and that's how it is. It doesn't mean you can make a business out of it. Uh, if it's bi-weekly, you know, what's more important is for you to be consistent. And the reason I say that is that because that will transcend not just the podcast, will transcend anything that you do. And being consistent is key. And that comes actually from Dukan Media, from Omar Tom. I remember I went to the first uh, podcast forum two years ago, and I really liked what he said. He's like, you know, we, we were struggling at the beginning, and then we, you know, we started being consistent. And being consistent is key. That's more important than, uh, than uh, you know, uh, frequency. You know, you need to be consistent, like get people on a schedule. If you change it, you change it. Adi, I say Adi. 
And if, if just as long as you're consistent with your goal, you stick to your goals and, you know, you're releasing an episode every once in a while, I think it's great. And, and, and that's my advice. Don't, don't, uh, you know, try to chase that thing that's on the pedestal that the weekly show or like, you know, it should be making me money right now and all these kind of things. I mean, that's my advice because I think mm. like the more I try to push and the more that I try, you know, I also my, you know, my full-time job is also challenging. It's demanding. And I'm, I'm a person like, you know, I'll spend a lot of time playing video games. I'll spend a lot of time doing stuff that I want to do. And, and um, I also have times where I spend a lot on the podcast. I don't balance my time well, and I'm aware of that. But when it comes to, you know, um, comes to the show, as long as I can get into the momentum and the swing of things, and I, I set myself to say, you know, we say we're going to do like a weekly show or whatever it is, then it's great. I just, I just think that's my advice because coming from, you know, the, the struggles that we had, there's always like, there's times where I can't, I simply can't do it or I have no motivation. Same thing with, with Alex, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, it was tough. You know, he, he, we, we couldn't. And at that time he was editing. So it was, it's difficult. And you're going to come across these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think don't, you know, just don't be too hard or, on yourself in this matter. Don't, because, because you need, again, like going back to what I said, you know, the founder is the important person. You need to, you know, give yourself the space and you'll become more creative. And I think what I realize is if I so like deep, digging into something, even with work, like uh, there's this email, I really need to write it. And how am I going to write it? And I don't know how to formulate it. Just take a step back. I go somewhere, even when I'm writing questions for a show, maybe I leave. And as soon as I leave, I think of something to ask the guest. I have to run back to write the question. It's just, it's just sometimes the nature of things. If you so focused on it is great, but sometimes you need to give that you know, outside perspective. And that's what Alex gave me. He's like, stop overanalyzing. Just record the show. Just record it. Just do the show. Why are you always overanalyzing? And it changes. You know, if, 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 he, if I never mm. did that, I wouldn't be here, like, what, however many shows in, like oh, more than 30 episodes, you know? It would just be mm. one of those things, right? So that's my, that's my two cents on that. Thank you for the words of wisdom. So I think maybe maybe people zoned out, but you know, watch it just watch it back, watch it back, guys, watch it back. <laughs> um, How much of this are you going to edit out, by the way? I don't know. This is an amazing show. I don't think it should be edited. This is just. Awesome. Oh no! <laughs> this is an amazing show, Alex. If you're watching this, you have some work to do, buddy. Um, but it's an awesome show. I mean, I think it's amazing. But but you know, like to so not make it too long let's get into your topics and maybe i want to be conscious of your time as well because it's already been very very do you long wanna do, do you want to talk about the virtual events another time uh, we could do that we could do that because that'll be like at least a half an hour discussion yeah for yeah I, I, use of it you know true true we can do that oh then in that case let me ask you the last final two questions which are related to the podcast and then but let's i really want to i want to do it again so we, we should you know, this cause... time next week 9.30 yeah, next week? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Done. Yeah, done. <laughs> this time That's I'll send easy. you a link. Yes. I'll send you, you a link. Yeah, and you record it this time. You record. I'll record it. You record. You edit. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Done, done, done. Let's, let's do this. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> 
I did have a question. Okay, I have two questions for you. Okay, and because you're a podcaster yourself, what do you think? And I, I you know, it's everybody knows I love to ask the question. What do you think of the name Nobody's Famous? So I was actually, okay, so when I first heard of it, I thought, when Masa first told me the name of your show, I thought, oh, wow, how cute, real conversations about real people, okay? And then just this morning, actually, when I was in my mind planning my day, and I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to Adi later today, I thought, but do I want to appear on a show that says nobody's famous? (laughs) Is that Uh going to make me look good or not? (laughs) But ultimately, uh, you know, the name aside, um, I think it's very interesting to capture the humans behind the stories. And I love that you've been so personable with the questions that you've been asking me. So ergo, I think the name matches the show. You just need to listen to the show to kind of understand the name. Uh, okay, that I was gonna ask you why did you think that, but now I understand because I think yes, you're right. The sh- the, the name kind of uh, might be a little bit misleading, also because of the apostrophe s. You know, it's like it's like nobody is famous, and then people would tell me, oh, you can't get that famous person on your show. You can't get famous people, you know. And I'm like telling them, no, that's not the point. You know, I would love to have a famous person on the show because that's actually the point. That's more the point than me getting somebody who's not famous because it's the whole point is for me to normalize the concept of fame. And if I get somebody famous, they come and they sit on the show, we have an amazing talk and, you know, we chat about it and they'll be, you'll just realize that they're like a human just like me and you. And they have the same fears. They have the same problems. They have the same solutions. They have the same adventures. And yes, they, it might be, you know, Brian May from Queen, you never know. But it's like, there's always, uh, you know, the, there's always this uh, commonality between things. And I think we live in this world where, you know, um, fame and being famous and being a celebrity and having millions of followers is, is such a thing now that, that it really drowns out people who are really saying things that are meant to be heard or people who are trying to make a difference or people who are just trying to say something very simple and just as simple as whatever it is, a simple thing. And they don't get heard because we have this prejudice that if they don't have many people listening to them, then what they say is not worth listening to. Goddamn. So it's just like... No, absolutely. I agree with you. It's, yeah. No, I agree with you. Let me tell you something actually I personally struggled with when launching the podcast. So firstly, actually, let's kind of rewind. When thinking of the name, I loved Spark. But then when I shared it with my brother and I asked for his opinion, he said, you got to add your name somewhere. The Joe Rogan show is a Joe Rogan show. The Tim Ferriss show is a Tim Ferriss show. Even Will Smith, when he made Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, named the character Will Smith because that's how people will come to know you. So I thought, okay, then, Spark with Shireen. Then when it came to designing the album cover, I was like, oh, well, Shireen, I guess, has got to be on the album cover. For sure. And by the way, I'm a very private person. So though I'm very outgoing and I'm an extrovert, I'm very private. So pre-Spark with Shireen, you wouldn't find anything about me online. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to be famous. But 
in making a show that is in podcast format, I began to realize that actually people may come for the content, but they stay for the host. Exactly. So you need to make yourself at least impressionable to your audience for them to keep coming back. Now, even if you look at, I don't know, if you go to like our Instagram and you go to the first few posts, you won't see my face. I've started to include videos of me and my guests, at least as promo, because I started realizing, okay, for a show that's called Spark with Shireen, Shireen doesn't really appear anywhere. Shireen's not there. Where is Shireen? Shireen's not there. Other Shireen? than on the album cover, she's not there. Where and is that's Shireen? not even her real face. It's like a character. Yeah. So I've started to have to be, to make myself okay being recorded and filmed and put places and stuff like that. But by all means, do I not think that I don't have anything valuable to say? I do. I like to think so because it's my job to have valuable things to say. But I used to be very comfortable not being famous doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think this is a very great transition. We caught you at the best time. And I think that um, what you're doing is the right path. I mean, I, I was told that before you even said it. Like, basically, I, you know, when we did the first season or the second season, people were saying, you know, you need to speak more because people in the end, yes, they'll come and they watch your show, but they will stay for the host. They want to hear more from you. So what you're doing is completely correct. And I, I, I definitely, you know, encourage you to, to, to keep going, keep doing that. And, you know, if you go to our Instagram, it's the same. I mean, I'm there, you know, we introduce the team, my face is there, the guest's face is there, we're talking, laughing, all that stuff. Again, it's, it's, you should really, you know, you should really consider that and, and keep pushing it. And you made, you made the choice to put your name in the show. So, hey, if you're not selling yourself to, you know, people are going to be listening. Yeah, but I came for Shirin. She's not here, you know? <laughs> so it, it's, you know, definitely, uh, definitely. She's at the gym. <laughs> she's at the gym, but she's doing podcasts now. You know, it doesn't like, it's, it needs to, you need to really have like, you need to, again, sell, you know, sell what you're, you know, be what you're selling. Uh, for us, like we kind of stayed away from that because I mean, we wanted to, it's a statement. It's a way of life. It's a style, a lifestyle kind of thing. So it's a bit different. It's not supposed to be just a podcast. I mean, it's a show in the end, mm. it's a podcast, but it's a show. It's a way of life and there's some ideas and concepts that will be coming very soon, hopefully. That Ooh, stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. I mean, you're already, you know, on the on the new logo and everything. So that's amazing. Um, and so definitely uh, it, it's it's that kind of feel. So for you, you know, people want to also, you should be speaking, you know, you will be speaking more, you know, as you progress. That's, you know, people will want that more. You'll see that people will say, yeah, but we want to hear more about you, Shireen. That we st you started this not so we can only listen to others. We want to listen to you. So I, that, that I've already realized and I've started leaving my own snippets of thoughts and insights. Perfect. Perfect. The final question. Please. Bring it. We, we close, <laughs> close it off. Bring it. Not in my Zen zone. Um, is... <laughs> Do you have a question for me? Oh, I didn't come prepared. They never are. <laughs> Don't worry. Where are you from? Where am I from? I am from Lebanon, but I've lived all okay. my life in the UAE. I studied, I studied in Lebanon and I studied in Spain, but very much so I would call Abu Dhabi my home. Let's put it that way. So... 
Yeah, although, you know, I've been to Lebanon all, all the summers and the time I spent there also felt like home. But, you know, it's, um, you know, we probably won't have to get into that existential crisis kind of thing right now. But uh, yeah, I am, fr I am from Lebanon. Okay, interesting. Where you're from is something everyone gets asked in the UAE. Um, it's just people really identify in a land of expats, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we talked about it in one of the episodes. It's a third culture kid thing. It's, you know, you're, you're here in a place where you identify with so many expats, yet your home is mm. really somewhere else. But you don't really fit with also your parents and you don't really fit in the place that you're in mm. and all this different type of stuff. So. so personally, I don't understand what it's like to be a third mm. culture kid, even though most millennials in the UAE consider themselves third culture kids. And that's because I'm a Bahraini who grew up in Bahrain with two Bahraini parents. And I very much identify with a country um, and nothing but a country. So it's a very strange phenomenon where people awesome. try to explain to me, mm -hmm. oh, but my mom is from here and my dad's from here, but I was born here and I lived here for half my life. And there, the other, it's weird to me. No, I think you're, you're right. It's, it's very, uh, it's a topic that, that can go on for ages. And, and um, you know, my parents are Lebanese. Our family is like also Lebanese, but mixed, like mixed and stuff. It's more, I mean, we had this discussion the other time, but it was, it's more about, you know, identifying yourself within the space you're in and really there's nothing wrong with it. I think we, you know, the guest, you know, Tarek Barada, he really touched on this concept. It's like, why do you have to call it an identity crisis? Why is it a mm. crisis? You know, like it's, it's just you discovering and there's nothing wrong with, you know, the third culture kit is just, it's just a term. Like it's a term, like saying social media. It's just a term. Yani, why do you have to label yourself like that? Yeah, I can label myself, but doesn't mean that when I introduce myself to people and say, I'm, hi, where are you from? I'm a third culture kid. Like, it's, it's not like, you know, it's just... It's well, see, just, I asked uh, you where you're from and you said one country. Yeah, exactly. To begin with, you said I'm exactly. Lebanese. Exactly. And, and, and um, you know, again, I don't want to go into all of this stuff. It will go on for ages. But it's, again, this is all part of how you identify and language and where you're from and where you were brought up and all this different stuff, you know? So it's, it's a very interesting, I, I didn't think the question would end up that way. But it's, <laughs> yeah. I kind of opened up Pandora's box with that last yeah, question. Which is amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's what we're all about. You know, it's just open up another topic, you know? So yeah, it's good. But um, Ali, we do have another topic to talk about and I'll see you next week. Yes, yes, we will, we will. And uh, Shireen, I, I, I want to say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I've had an amazing time. It's been, gosh, two hours on the dot. It's actually, no, an hour and a half, sorry. And it's been amazing. And, and I really, really appreciate you coming on the show and having this chat with me. I've had a wonderful time. And I really hope for whoever's listening, they have a wonderful time. And for Alex, we'll be editing. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice one. Slip it in there. You know? Here you go. Please find the WeTransfer file below. You know? um, so uh, thank you, Shireen. I want to sign us off. Uh, and I, any last words? I look forward to seeing the show. Awesome. 
Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Shireen, for being with us on the Nobody's Famous podcast. This has been another amazing episode with Shireen, the host of Spark with Shireen. Check her out. It's amazing. Get all your entrepreneurial tips and quips any time of the day in her podcast. You can find her on, I'm going to guess here, right? So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Ram. Not SoundCloud, actually. Not SoundCloud. Oh, no. my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but all the pl- but you were oh. right with Spotify and Stitcher okay. And, okay. and Rami Apple Podcasts. All, okay. those all, all that stuff, except SoundCloud. So, so yeah. And then um, you can find us, Nobody's Famous Podcast, on SoundClouds <laughs> and uh, Stitcher um, uh, and Rami. You can watch this on YouTube. You know, make sure you don't watch us while driving. And uh, it's going to be an awesome show. uh, Thank you so much, Shireen. This has been the Nobody's Famous Podcast, signing off.